I'd like to welcome you to the Tuesday edition of the Andy Caldwell Show. We've got a great lineup for you today. Steve Frank's going to be in. We're going to be talking about a number of stories here in California, including a proposed new tax on pretty much most firearms. Tim Standifer is going to be with us from the Goldwater Institute to talk about the recent free speech victory at the United States Supreme Court. But first up, well, well, excuse me, back up. Darren Bask is also going to be with us from the Heritage Foundation. We're going to talk about the Endangered Species Act and the Farm Bill. And now it's time for our first guest, Jeffrey Clayton, Executive Director of the American Bail Coalition. For you, those of you that missed it, we talked about this um, a number of months ago. Jerry Brown signed a bill that everybody hates. It's going to make everything worse, and it all has to do with the bail system here in California. Jeffrey is a lawyer. He's uh, got his law degree from Sturm College of Law, University of Denver, master's from uh, the University of Rochester, and a bachelor's from Baylor. Jeffrey, you've been around the country for your education, haven't you? I sure have, Andy. Thanks for having me on again. It's our pleasure. Well, let's start at the beginning. Why is bail a guaranteed constitutional right? Well, originally bail was created because um, the king and even after that, um, people were incarcerated for political reasons. Uh, trumped up charges and that sort of thing, and bail was a way to challenge the prosecution, challenge the state, who would lock, basically lock people up with you know unlimited periods of time and and um, you know force people to admit things they didn't do and plead guilty to things they didn't do. And so, originally, bail was a way to get out of jail and, like I said, to challenge uh, the state. And certainly, you know, it's changed a little bit since then, uh, but that was the original intent. And and the bottom line here is it is in the Constitution. Correct, and it's in the uh, existing California Constitution as well, which says that all persons shall be bailable by sufficient sureties, uh, with some limited exceptions, and those would be like for capital cases, or uh, there's a couple other small exceptions when you threaten to kill a witness. But other than that, a judge has to set bail in California uh, in all cases, or let you go on your own recognizance. Okay, and the the standard complaint uh, that the activists and other people say is that it's not fair because rich people can always buy their way out, poor people can't, and so it's really a, a, a socioeconomic uh, problem for too many people. Yeah, and then we've seen that around the country. In some places, that is true to a certain extent, but I, we don't really see that as much in California because of the nature and the um, severity of the offenders in California's jails. California's already had progressive, you know, criminal justice policies, certainly under this governor and beyond, you know, downgrading many crimes from felonies to misdemeanors, letting people out early, uh, to the point where, the, you know, you don't go to jail in California unless you do something pretty severe and usually a felony. There's very few misdemeanor um, offenders in California's jails. And so we, we don't think the story rings as true in California. And the other thing, is an article came out in the UCLA uh, Criminal Law Review uh, just yesterday, a criminal law journal, uh, where the story at the state capitol was that 60 to 70 percent of people in California were there because they couldn't afford their bill. And when you know the numbers were run in, in Los Angeles, it was only 24 percent of people are being held in lieu of bond 
And that could be for a variety of reasons. And so the the story that there's just hordes of people sitting there because they can't afford it just really doesn't add up. So what was why would Jerry Brown sign this when so many of the people that were originally supporting jail bail reform bailed on that? Well, you know, I think it was probably a tough decision for him. I think probably the what weighed heavily was the supporters, the supporters being the Service Employees International Union. Uh, and you've got to realize, I mean, in putting out, you know, 15,000 to 20,000 bail industry jobs, they're creating a pre-conviction supervision program uh, in every all 58 uh, counties in California. And so that's going to balloon the size of the state workforce. And so, you know, I think that probably weighed on his mind. Um, you know, some of the district attorneys thought having the power of preventative detention, you know, would be something they wanted. So... Uh, you know, maybe that weighed on his mind, but, you know, you'll have to have him on your show and have him explain it. Okay, so let me see if I get this right. What this does is it it's a transfer of the duties of figuring out what the bail would be and things like that from the private sector to the public sector. That's what SEIU figures. Hey, we'll eliminate, pretty much eliminate the bail industry and take those jobs in-house. That's right. And the other thing to add on to that is that um, electronic monitoring companies, um, which are publicly traded, um, some of them, uh, what happens now is if a judge orders, say, he's going to make Andy put on an ankle monitor, well, Andy has to pay for that. Uh, And unless you can show that you're indigent, you have to pay. Uh, Under this bill, all conditions of release other than bail and including bail are free. The state is going to pay for everything. Uh, which means not only are you going to create a large bureaucracy of state workers supervising, you know, the unconvicted people running around California, you're also going to have massive, uh, you know, electronic conditions, home arrest, detentions, ankle monitors, and drug screens. Because when judges don't have bail, they're just going to trample everybody's liberties, uh, you know, on the other side of things. And if I remember correctly from our previous interview, this creates a kind of a worse situation where. Some people get let out that should be in jail, and some people don't go to jail that should be in jail because it's almost a coin flip. And and could you explain that again? Sure. Sure. So what the, the key to the door on this and the whole reason why the proponents of this think it's great science is they're going to use an algorithm. And they think the algorithm's the answer. They think the algorithm can predict who's going to do what. And what we've seen in practice is that that just isn't the case. Uh, Most of the algorithms in criminal justice are between 60 and 70 percent accurate, meaning you're getting it wrong off the top 35 percent of the time. Uh, And even when you get get it right, you don't get it entirely right. Uh, And so that's their entire theory of the world, is that if the algorithm says somebody's high risk, then they'll lock them up. Uh, If they're low risk, they'll go home with nothing on an OR. And if they're somewhere in the middle, uh, which is what we're seeing in New Jersey, that whole class of people is going to get supervision. And in New Jersey, it's, you know, 87% of all people that get out are supervised by the state. And that certainly will happen in California. Okay. And so where we're at right now is you guys have the signatures to put this on the ballot in 2020? That's right. So this would be a referendum. So we will ask the voters whether they want Senate Bill 10 to become law or not. Uh, we collected roughly 575000 uh, signatures in about 70 days. Um, the early um, sort of results that we got from the public and informal polling was that the public hated it on both sides of the aisle uh, and that the enthusiasm, at least according to people that are running the campaign, was super high on this, uh, even higher than any of the other uh, referendums or initiatives that they've run. So um, once it's certified, which we will expect to happen in 
uh, January. It'll freeze the law until the voters have a chance to vote on it in the next general election in November of 2020. If people want more information about your organization and the coalition, how do they find you? Well, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can um, hit us up on the web, um, uh, AmericanBailCoalition.org. All right. We're going to continue our interview with Jeffrey Clayton. You're listening to The Andy Caldwell Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'd like to welcome you back to the show. My guest, Jeffrey Clayton, Executive Director of the American Bail Coalition. They've put together a referendum for the 2020 election to repeal a really crummy, stupid law that Jerry Brown signed into law. And it all has to do with who determines if somebody gets out on bail, what the bail is set at, and all that sort of stuff. And, Jeffrey, if I'm understanding this, they want to replace the system right now that I is, I guess, is it a combination of judges, probation, and the bail industry? How is it? How does it work right now, and how do these computer algorithms work? Sure. So right now in California, you know, every county is required to set a bail schedule, which means if the cops arrest you, you have the right to get out right now. So that goes away. Uh, under the new system, uh, an algorithm will score you. And if you're in the high-risk category, you're going to sit for any number of time, potentially several days before you see a judge, uh, at which time uh, they will decide and probably file a motion to lock you up without bail. Uh, if you're medium risk, you're going to get supervised by the state uh, at state expense. And as I mentioned, that's going to be just about everybody, and they're going to, everybody's going to be on an ankle monitor in California. If you're low risk, you walk away on a get-out-of-jail-free card. You don't have to put anything down. So under, under the new system, there will be no bail bondsman. Uh, there will be no bail. I, you know, Jeff cannot post Andy's bail. Jeff cannot vouch for Andy under the new system. So all that goes away, and that's you know, been law in California since long before statehood under the Northwest you know, Compact in the late 1700s. So we're repealing all of California's bail laws. And, of course, as you know, the legislature you know, pulled a mushroom bill on this and repealed the entire history of bail in California in three days. And are you, is somebody suing as well, Because it, since it is in the Constitution? Not yet, and I think that's an eventuality if this were to ever see the light of day. Uh, and, as, and another article, as I mentioned, came out in the UCLA Criminal Law Review that pointed out that you cannot go to this system of preventative detention without changing the state constitution, which is, of course, what they did uh, in New Jersey when they implemented a similar system. And, of course, it took them three years and God knows how much money to implement the thing. Uh, but because the thing is not going to become law as of right now until October 9th of October 1st of 2019, sort of a pre-enforcement challenge, we're a little bit too early. But I know that, you know, civil rights groups, the bail industry, others are evaluating, you know, their their rights. And I assume that this ever does see the light of day and the voters uh, voted into law that, you know, we'll see a motion for injunctive relief right out of the box. Well, because as you well know, um, it's one thing to get the signatures on the ballot. It's another thing to spend tens of millions of dollars campaigning in L.A. and the Bay Area, because that's what it costs. Uh, those dialysis centers just sent a record. Uh, SEIU again. I, I, I think we should call them shame on you, SEIU, <laughs> because they're always doing <laughs> shameful things. So what happened? They tried to organize the dialysis center employees. They couldn't do it. They spent, you know, $10, 20000000 to put a, a ballot measure on campaign for it, but it cost the dialysis centers over $100 million to defeat it. 
and 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 then what they did is they just sent the message hey you either next next schmuck in line you either unionize or we may do the same thing to you and it just costs so much money to win a campaign i know lawsuits are expensive but um, to me, if it's clear it's in the Constitution and they didn't vote, the people didn't vote to change the Constitution, a judge should just throw it out. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to see that. We just didn't want to take a chance. Right. Uh, and so we're prepared to go all the way on this, and that was the commitment that everybody uh, made. But like I said, you know, the voters have to vote yes on this, and there's a built-in advantage for no, uh, which will help. Uh, and if you follow what happened with the plastic bag industry, uh, you know, they didn't run a campaign and they came close. And so, you know, just given the excitement of the voters and, you know, the anger uh, on all sides of the aisle on this, we think we have a pretty good shot, hopefully at a lower number. Uh, and hopefully we'll never have to find out what a judge thinks about it. So I have a piece here. I don't know um, who wrote it, to tell you the truth. It's, it may be off a wire service. But it says that SB 10, the original bill, could cost billions of dollars. Is that uh, is that a realistic figure, and how do they come up with that? Well, it's really hard to say. I think it is a realistic figure. Um, you know, my my best estimate was a billion or two, perhaps more, uh, because we don't know how judges are going to behave under the new system. My view, as I told you, is I think they'll they'll you know put everybody on ankle monitors and all kinds of stuff because they don't have to pay for it, and the state's paying for it. And so, you know, I could see it getting up to the four to five you know billion dollar range depending on what happens. I think that's now, when you say the state, the counties run most of the jails. Are the counties going to end up footing this bill? Because the state of California is notorious for passing laws and then sending the bill to the county. Well, the, that's another sticky wicket there because uh, the counties have to outlay the funds to do this and then apply for reimbursement, reimbursement from the state. So you can imagine how that's going to go. The other thing you can imagine how that's going to go is let's assume that prosecutors are going to file motions to detain all these people. Do you think the liberals in at Sacramento are going to fund district attorney's offices to file motions to keep people in jail with no bail? Of course they're not. And so, yeah, that's another completely unanswered question is uh, our county is going to be able to afford to put the outlay of the monies, particularly in the rural areas, to implement this. And then is the California uh, legislature going to go cheap on them and not pay them back? And you know, I think that's probably somewhat of a reality. Now, right now, uh, because of uh, AB 109, Prop 47, Prop 57, as you mentioned, very few people are even going to jail anymore. Um, It's usually the worst people, uh, the worst of the worst offenders and or those who got sent from state prison to the local jail. So what does it mean in reality uh, since a lot of the jails are already full right now? Are we going to have empty jails how does that work we talked about that last time we don't know let's assume that the law is constitutional if it is constitutional what's going to happen is it'll balloon the jail population in california because judges are not going to trust pretrial supervision over just locking somebody up in jail and if they can lock people up in jail they will and prosecutors will seek those motions now let's assume it's unconstitutional that you can't do that uh, then it will empty the jails because there'll be no grounds for anybody to stay in under the new system because you can't set a bail that somebody doesn't pay, doesn't you know post and, and and sits in jail. So it'll empty the jails. So it really depends on you know how it turns out and and you know we just don't know at this point. We'd have to you know file a lawsuit and find out, which like I said, we're trying trying to avoid. And what about failures to appear? 
if the if the bail industry, if you know, I mean, if I understand this, if somebody was out on bail and they didn't appear, the bail bail bondsman would go after him like dog the bounty hunter and go bring him in. Who brings him in if they fail to appear now? Well, it's rob one get one free. We wait till they do it again. Uh, because then the police will bring them in. And, this, you know, I haven't run numbers in California, but when I was running numbers in my home state, you know, the bail agents were able to cure four out of five cases and then had to pay some, you know, the remainder. Uh, and what that means is not only do they go arrest them, but, you know, they lean on the family, they track them down, uh, they do informal resolutions and all that sort of thing. Uh, and they have an incentive to follow up on it. When somebody fails to appear under a pretrial system, it's case closed. And that's what's going to happen in California. There's no, there'll be no incentive to go back to court uh, because, you know, why would you? There's nobody out looking for you. Which means that's going to put more burden on police and sheriffs to be not just trying to solve crimes, new crimes, but the crimes that were technically already solved and somebody was arrested. Oh, yeah, and that's what happened in New Jersey during the first month. One of the, the police officers up there said um, they're out of jail before they angst dry on the police report, and we're out arresting them again. And they arrested one guy three times on the same day for the same crimes. And, um, you know, we'll see that continuing to happen in California if this were to become law. Crazy. Well, Jeff, thank you for sharing all this with us, and good luck at the ballot box. We'll be rooting for you guys when it comes before the voters. You got it. Thanks for having me on again. All right, Jeff Clayton, again, another example of California just completely screwing up our justice system or what's left of it.